Haven't heard of Time for Learning yet? Well, here's everything you need to know. Time for Learning is a comprehensive online curriculum for pre-K through 12th grade that is perfect for homeschooling. So much so that it is one of Kathy Duffy's 102 top picks. Time for Learning is student-paced and features adjustable grade levels, automated grading, and over 4,000 lessons and activities that are fun and engaging across all subjects. Time for Learning makes life easier for parents by providing customized reports, detailed lesson plans, and an activity planner that lets you choose the lessons you want your child to be learning. You can start, stop, or pause your membership at any time, and there's even a 14-day money-back guarantee. There's really nothing to lose. Give it a try today by visiting timeforlearning.com slash ultimate homeschool and see for yourself why Time for Learning is the best homeschooling decision you'll ever make. Again, visit timeforlearning.com slash ultimate homeschool today. Do kids really like specific activities that actually will teach them? Well, in this episode, I will share some activities that kids love. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Your host, Felice Gerwitz, is an author, a publisher, and your radio show host. She will encourage, educate, and inspire you with answers to your most pressing questions from homeschool, marriage, parenting, and much more. Felice loves to equip moms to live a Christian life because every moment counts. Be sure to visit her website at MediaAngels.com and here's your host, Felice Gerwitz. Hey everyone and welcome. Felice Gerwitz here with Activity That Kids Love, episode 337. I want to give a shout out to Time for Learning, um, who is our sponsor. So thanks so much, Time for Learning. We appreciate you uh, believing in our network and helping us to get these podcasts out for free. And friends, if you like this podcast or the others on the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network, please share them. Give us star ratings on any of your podcast apps, and we really appreciate that. Well, many of you know that I've homeschooled since 1986, and I ended my homeschool journey in 2018, and now I enjoy teaching my grandkids the fun stuff that got shoved to the back because, you know what, we just had to get school done. And every once in a while, my kids won out, or we did these activities, and my kids had such a blast. Um, So many times, we put these things to the side, and when we really sit back and look at it, we're going to see where the real learning takes place. And the reason I want to share with you these episodes is because the times that I was able to relax more and allow my kids to explore, two of them actually are doing... Um, as a career or want to do as a career, some of the things that I allow them to take the time and explore as kids. And I'll share more about that in just a minute. You know, many of us are kids at heart, and we can think back at the activities that we enjoyed. Like, for example, I loved reading, and I didn't even know I loved reading. Oh, let's see, I guess I was in about third grade. And if I had really thought about it and examined reading, I might have gone for a major in writing because I found I had a passion for that and loved it. Instead, I went into education, which actually is the best of both worlds. You get to read a lot and work with kids, things that I loved. But I remember growing up in different climates in New York and Canada and then moving to Florida. 
And there was so many different things depending on where you lived. So that's one of the things I want you to look at. Where is your geographical location? And what kind of activities can you do with your kids that will actually, shh, might be educational, just don't let them know. Um, But yeah, there are so many things that we can do depending on where we live. And the first place I want you to start with these activities is with your children. What are they interested in? And what are you currently studying? Is this something that you can branch off? You know, if you're studying um, astronomy, for example, you might be able to branch off and just study the stars. There are so many activities, again, that you can do that would be going on a night walk and looking at the constellations. If you live in a place that has heavily lighted, going out into some less populated area and seeing the stars. So, you know, these are things that we take for granted, especially myself. I live out in an area that's two minutes from, you know, being more populated now. But when we bought this property where our house is now, um, it was 10 or 15 minutes at least to get anywhere. And in Florida, that's like saying 100 miles, you know, because people just wanted to travel five minutes. And I remember having one friend, God bless her, Christina Krulikas, who would say, I don't mind driving the 20 minutes to your house. But so many people, when they heard where I lived and I tried to host things at my home, they would say, you live too far out. But living out here, we were able to see the sky without a lot of lights, like there are no street lights on my street, so that really helped a lot. And so we did a lot of activities uh, that were around things like that, that tied into our home school. Um, we also did things that were part of our school. And for example, we were studying simple machines, pulleys and levers, right? Um, may, many of you have done this that was, you know, can be considered applied science and mechanics or physics when your kids get older. But after my kids were done with their lesson, they asked me if they could make a catapult in the front yard, taking some of the principles that they had learned and doing that. Of course, anything that kept three little ones, and I think they were about 13, 10, and 7 busy, was a win for me. And, you know, at this point, I had Media Angels Publishing. I was working on probably, you know, 12 different projects at one time, which is typically me. And so I was really enthusiastic about, you know, the kids exploring and doing things. Well, an hour later, they called me outside to look at their catapult. And I found out they had this monstrosity that was six foot high. I maybe didn't mention that my husband's a contractor and there's often, you know, construction materials left over from a job in our yard. I almost had a heart attack as I watched them use this thing. Of course, once it worked, I ran to get my camera and take a video of it. And um, I think that is on a drive that has crashed now. You know, this is before we had cloud drives. Um, And so that's very sad to me, but I couldn't believe how great it worked. And when my husband came home, he um, helped them make it a little bit more stable because they didn't have a a level uh, to make the base more stable. So he did help them with that. But it was really, really cool. And I also told them they were not allowed to do this unless I was out there. So you may want to go through some things, you know, with your kids about adults, Uh, You know, you have to do these things under adult supervision and always, always, always talk about safety. And my son was really funny. He's like, well, mom, we had our goggles. And I don't know what this six-foot catapult 
what the goggles would have done with that, but okay. Um, they did get that part right. But friends, this is real learning. This is what happens when kids are engaged. This These are the kinds of activities that kids like, and we want to give them paper, pencil, and have them write a report. Whereas, you know, if they are doing these things, of course, under parental supervision, um, you know, and you can believe that we revisited the science safety class, that these are wonderful things. And my son now, um, that was in charge of this project, does a lot of mechanical work that he taught himself. He didn't want to be an auto mechanic or do anything in that regard, but he has um, bought and sold things on the side. Um, he, he does work construction with my husband, um, but he does these kinds of things on the side because of what he learned and loved and pretty much taught himself. Another off the normal path is studying animals and why we think, well, we, you know, we can study animals and insects and things like that. You can study things that kids really like. Like, for example, I had children who loved horses and yes, they were the girls mostly, but we couldn't afford horseback riding lessons unless it was this big, you know, homeschool, um, you know, activity where a lot of kids got discounted prices or they had a horse camp. And, you know, grandma and grandpa helped to sponsor it. But the kids loved projects when I allowed them to do these projects and activities that had to do with horses, uh, not necessarily riding all the time. But it also gave them the opportunity to study the different breeds, read a book, read about the wild horses and some of the fiction by um, Marguerite Henry, if you know of her. But these are things that kids love. They love things that have to do with pets, with sheep, with goats, with birds, um, you know, snakes, all of those, you know, icky things that, you know, parents are not that thrilled about. One of my nephews loved the iguana, and I remember him doing this whole schematic in his closet where he showed his mother that if he had an iguana, which the poor thing never got, um, it could go into this little maze in his closet and it wouldn't even you know, bother anyone and it would be this awesome habitat for this iguana. Um, well, my nephew is now in construction and can read prints. And again, these things that kids gravitate toward that they naturally love end up helping them someday down the road. We um, did a lot of uh, pet types of activities. Uh, if we went to the vet, believe me, we counted that as a field trip. Um, we've had a ton of dogs to date, and uh, let's see, we had a lab, two of them, one black and one golden. We had a German Shepherd for a short period of time. It kept uh, breaking out, and the neighbor down the road begged to take him, and the kids didn't like the dog because he was a runner. And now we have a mixed breed that's a rescue. Um, it has some Shepherd and Lab in it. And um, I'm now the caregiver of Indy, who was Nick's dog, and now is Anne's, who's in college. Um, and he, he's actually currently begging me for a treat as I'm recording this, and hopefully doesn't bark. Um, but don't tell Annie, because she's very strict about treats for her dog. But these animals really helped my kids develop responsibility, cleanliness, and love um, taking care of this pet, they had a schedule of who was to feed and brush the dog. Um, also, I was happy that this last dog anyway didn't like our pond because you had to add wash the dog to the list um, because otherwise the dog couldn't come in. And you know when we had carpets, they were outdoor dogs that lived in our garage, um, which was very nice, by the way. 
But you're also, you know, thinking about, if you're thinking about pets, you could think about guide dogs. I'm not sure what the rules are if you have little children, but a lot of times I see guide dogs um, that um, are led by homeschool families. So you may want to check into that. And again, I don't know the rules from that and how your kids would feel about giving up a dog, even if it was for um, a good reason, because kids bond with pets. Um, But they, uh, you know, would teach so many lessons there. And I know it's for a good cause. Other activities kids love are camping. Even if you don't have a ton of camping equipment, you can start in your own backyard. You don't even have to spend the night outdoors. You can just do camping types of activities and then walk in your house, use your own bathroom and bed. Um, But if you want to, this is something that would help the children When we went camping, when my kids were a little bit older, we didn't start until, let's see, Neil was 13, and so Christina would have been 11, and then when we had Nicholas and Ann and Michael, we did camp a lot more, and we invested in a a used pop-up, but it lasted forever, and our kids helped to plan. Um, Our challenge was to take the least amount of things possible. For example, what will fit into one backpack? So they had to take what we needed, help pack food separately, and plan the packing. Um, Our our plan was to schedule, and so we would do things like, you know, my husband and I would talk about what we wanted to do when we got there, what kind of nature walks there would be, science activities, and collecting if it was permissible. And that was a wonderful activity that we did as a family for many years. Again, so many activities that teach, and I'm just going to go through these because I don't have a lot of time to go into them specifically, um, but things such as bubbles, studying the science of bubbles, uh, you can type it, that into a search engine and you will find a ton of great activities that you can do that th- uh, teach things you know, about stretching, chemistry, light, tension, math, you just will not believe what you can do with bubbles. Your kids will love it and they will be engaged. And you can always have them write a report. I've got a podcast coming up uh, that, well, I did one on homeschool forms, but I have one coming up that is going to explain different ways that kids can do reports. Some of them are projects, um, you know, like boards and things like that. And others are um, electronic, like, you know, you can do things like PowerPoint and things like that, um, you know, that people don't even think about using. Um, you can use some free slide presentation software uh, that is on Google Docs. You just need a Gmail account. But you, these are just some things. Um, also, air and flight. Again, so many activities. We studied flight without even knowing that a group of hot air balloons were taking off nearby until another homeschool friend, of course, knew. And we got up at 5 a.m. to watch, which was amazing, something the kids will always remember. And the flight never got off the ground, but we were able to get closer to the balloons and talk to a lot of the owners. The kids made paper airplanes, learned how to design them to do tricks and so forth. Um, Also, our neighbor was into flight, and he took the kids up in his uh, private plane, which is a little bit scary, um, but he uh, did that. Uh, for many years. So you may ask around and you will be surprised at who, who you will find. You know, there's a ton of other projects, history projects and displays that kids can make. You know, there's art projects uh, that you can do, not just painting, but clay and sculpting, uh, crafts using recyclables, uh, music projects and so forth. 
But hopefully this podcast has encouraged you to think differently about how you homeschool, add some of those fun projects in that really, as I shared with you, when I could relax a little bit, the kids learned so much. And a lot of it, um, I didn't uh, share the one uh, that I have shared before, but my son loved Legos and he did a stop motion video. I forget exactly what the terminology is for it, but like a movie out of his little Lego creations. And now he wants to be an engineer. So a lot of things that we think, oh my gosh, you know, they're playing with Legos or they're playing with their little iPad and making movies. Friends, it actually is real learning. It's activities that cause the kids to think. And guess what? A lot of times you will be surprised that they'll take it into their careers. Guys, take care. God bless. And I want to thank our sponsor, timeforlearning.com. Visit their website and thank them for bringing you this podcast free. And you can find the show notes with all of this information on vintagehomeschoolmoms.com. And of course, I just, and you can look for episode 337 Activities Kids Love. Take care, God bless, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and the VintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.